0: Homestyle Green, episode 118. Can you imagine a global community sharing ideas about design for the purpose of sustainability and the highest good of all? Well, my guest this week, Jay Sable, can, and he's creating it. day, and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. And this week I've got a very special guest who is very inspired to make a better place to live around the whole globe. His name is Jay Sable and I'll get to his story in a moment. Before I do that, I would like to say a big shout out to our very good friends at Proclima who help bring this show to you each week. And if you're looking at doing a new build or a renovation, then check out ProClimber.com or ProClimber.co.nz. They've got all your air tightness needs and they can help wrap up your house so it's nice and cozy and warm and also deals with the moisture in a, in de- in a very intelligent way. So to find out more about what Proclimer can do for your home performance, go to proclimber.co.nz or proclimber.com. Now our guest this week, Jay Sable, is no stranger to success. After graduating from engineering actually, um, which I can relate to, He's had a very successful career, not doing engineering at all, but doing uh, a range of kind of sales and uh, entrepreneurial-related exploits and has built up a series of companies, sold off uh, equity and, and chunks of those and allowed himself to spend some time really thinking about Commute the global community, and what he's come up with, and sort of I think been um, been thinking about over a period of fifteen years, but is now implementing is a combination of sustainability, open source information, and as he describes it, the highest good of all. So it's kind of a social enterprise. It it is a not for profit organization, and I'll let Jay kind of explain what it's all about. I started out by asking Jay why he does what he does.
1: I went to University of Washington for an engineering degree and got burned out through college, realizing that getting my engineering degree was going to lead to a job that really wouldn't make me happy. And so instead, I got into the holistic health profession and really started looking at sustainable living from a more comprehensive Uh, perspective. And I realized that, you know, my dream life would be living off grid in a sustainably built home and surrounded by people that I care about and really doing something that made a difference in the world. And so 20 years later uh, of working on that and thinking about it and putting it together, you know, now I run a a global nonprofit organization of other people that think that's a great idea too. And uh, we're creating amazing things.
0: Holistic health from Engineering, that's quite a leap.
1: Yes, it is. It's a long story that we probably don't have time for here, but uh, that leap was motivated by a near-death experience that got me really interested in living as long and as healthy as I possibly could. And so uh, you know, I went through a whole bunch of... Um, independent programs on exercise kinesiology and nutrition and nutrition got me really into sustainability because I started understanding organic food and soil mechanics and these details. And, and, um, and I'd always thought that sustainable housing was a good idea. And so it just all came together and, and here we are.
0: That's quite fascinating that you got to sustainability from health because I'm kind of a, almost having the, the reverse of that where I'm finding that the, cause I was motivated as well after doing engineering that I wanted to, uh, I was interested in the environment and, and sustainability, yeah. but the more I get into that, the more I'm realizing that things like our houses are a health issue. And that's generally what motivates people before they have the mental bandwidth to think about the planet or sustainability in general, they're yeah. really going to look after, and it's not so much their own health. It's usually the health of their family. Totally.
1: Yeah, that's exactly my background. I mean, in holistic health, we really looked at like the toxins that are in your carpet and in your paint. And I mean, it's, I mean we're living in a toxic cesspool and then your food. And it's just like, whoa. Once I really started understanding that, the you know, path becomes very clear once you get educated.
0: Yeah. And so it was that, that sort of holistic, was it start, started, you mentioned nutrition, but then yeah. quickly spread to not just what was going into your body, but what was surrounding your body
1: exactly exactly
0: and so how did you then get into housing
1: um well, started to saying, you know, like living in a city like Los Angeles really isn't the best thing for my health. And, um, you know, I might want to, I really wanted to move. I grew up in the country, you know, couldn't wait to get away from the country, went to college in Seattle, moved to Los Angeles. And then I realized, man, I can't wait to get back to the country. Mm-hmm. And so start a process of looking for, uh, land to purchase and, um, And in that process, you know, saw some different community models and things that were out there. And I was always thinking of sustainable construction and looking at different Permitting issues, and you know, we looked at possibly buying uh, some of the houses that are on government land. And at some point in there, we went and visited a, a property where they wanted to build several different um, sustainable housing models. Which was always my idea too, it was like, hey, let's create a holistic health retreat where each home is a different sustainable building method, and we could market that. Like, come stay in a straw bale home, come stay in a cob home, come stay in an earthbag home. Nice, and, kind of like uh, a
0: showroom of sustainable houses.
1: Exactly. Just as a, as a, just because it's such a cool idea would be so fun to create and just a great marketing idea also but kind of expensive yeah yeah when you get individually like that it can get pretty you know yes if you're building individual um sustainable methods like that'd be very could be expensive but the profit but the village model the model the sustainability model and the economic model of the holistic health retreat is hugely profitable because everybody that lived there would would be um would be working for free. I mean, their 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 residence would be provided for them, and food and everything would be grown on the property. And so, comprehensive sustainability would create a ridiculous profit margin that would allow for constant expand, expansion, which is where we're at now. So, the idea of individual homes developed into complete village models, and so you know now we have a global team that's working on building complete villages of straw bale housing or cob housing and earth bag village and and earth ships and so wow that's where we're at
0: now a couple of things you mentioned there firstly uh, ridiculous profit um <laughs> yeah. which i find interesting because you're a not-for-profit organization right
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so does that mean that you are you're creating revenue but then reinvesting that back into the organization
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It would be a multi-million-dollar um, revenue stream, capable of allowing us to expand indefinitely, and then fund sustainable building all over the world. So we're creating a, a, a template. For sustainable village creation with all the different sustainable building models. And then we want to stimulate the entire sustainability industry by making this open source and free shared and by generating, by inviting people to come and stay in these homes so people can have the experience of staying in something like this before they decide to build it. And then if they like what they stay in, we will give them the plans for free to do that like hey here's the permitted plans here's plumbing here's electrical you know and here's the whole team if you want to modify these plans that help design them to where they are and what you just stayed in you know and so we'll save you all this money that you would normally spend in designing this stuff it's already done and now you can spend your money and in, instead modifying it and adapting it and making it specially yours and if you want to contribute your own blueprints back to the global archive the open source collaborative we'll promote the heck out of your building method too and, and uh, you know put you on our website and so this is our this is our our big goal and what we 're doing
0: I love that try before you buy concept, which yeah it 's kind of strange that doesn 't happen in the the housing sector. I can see why it doesn 't because it's it, people just see it as weird, but yeah. everything else that you even software now you you try it and then you if you like it, you buy it you wouldn 't dream of buying a car before you take it for a test drive, Yet yeah, we spend. At most, half an hour walking around an open home or a show home, maybe a couple of visits and then send one in to someone else to have a, a, a look for an hour or something. Yeah. And and this is something that we're going to live in for years, yet we, we don't even spend uh, – but then you kind of scratch your head and think, well, what am I going to spend a night there before I buy it? And But we yeah. just don't do that.
1: Yeah, that would be better than not spending a night there before you buy it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, ideally, you'd want to you'd want to spend like the coldest day there to see what it's it's gonna um, how it's gonna perform. Like you'd take a car out on the on the the yeah. highway on the motorway to see see how that performs, but we just don't do that with houses. But there isn't really a model to do that, is there? Or well, there hasn't been.
1: Hasn't been, but there could be. I mean, I'll plug right now sustainability to all your listeners and say, hey, if you're thinking about building a sustainable house, build two and rent one out as a bed and breakfast and market the heck out of it as an opportunity to stay in a sustainable house. Nice. That in and of itself is a totally marketable and awesome idea.
0: <laughs> now, I, I get the sense that you've got a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit uh, <laughs> to your way of doing things. I want to go right back to the beginning here because you, you kind of – um, you made it all sound very easy. One day you decided that you wanted to create a, a um, sustainable village. For yeah. most people, just getting uh, enough funds together to, to get their first home, uh, and it's usually a pretty average, well, a very poor home, is, is enough of a challenge. Yeah. How do you go from being a, an engineer, probably with not a lot of capital, to yeah. building a whole bunch of houses?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is exactly, so that barrier to building your own home is exactly what our nonprofit is all about. So what we're doing is not going to be necessary for other people. So the short answer is, how did, how did I do it? You know, I launched a website, really clear, I taught myself website design, launched my own website, put it out there to the world like, hey, we need a sustainable template to teach people how to build not just sustainable housing, but complete city infrastructure, and I reached out to the global community and brought in a 100% volunteer team, and so my operating expenses are nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And- I've been I have an entrepreneurial spirit, so I had a successful business before I decided to do this. And when I retired from that, I have enough money to be able to do this forty to sixty hours a week and uh, live off my savings. And right. so it's I love doing it. Yep. You know, our goal though is to provide those blueprints so other people have an easy entry point and you know, they can clear away all the barriers to spreading sustainability around the planet and sustainable housing. I mean, it's totally doable.
0: So for someone now that you've you've um uh made that pathway clear. What what is the opportunity there that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in the States, does it? This this could be anyone picking up this model. What 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 could they how could they jump in?
1: Yeah, so we're building based on the International Building Code and then we're accentuating that with California standards because they're some of the strictest in the United States. So we know if we build to California standards and one community won't be in California, but if we build to those standards then we've got pretty much everywhere covered. Um, people can go to our website right now, onecommunityglobal.org, and they can look at all the different village models and everything that's there. We upload the, the CAD files, AutoCAD files, and we're putting them into Revit and we're putting them into uh, SolidWorks. And so we've got a whole team that's working on creating all the different models and all the most popular design programs that are available. And we put them out there open source and free shared. And if somebody were to contact us today and say, hey, I really like that model. Like I would I would love to be a part of building that. Then my answer is always the same. Like, great, let's work on it together. Finish it faster for you, for us, and we'll put it out there open source and free shared to the world. So everybody benefits. And so this is how we built our team. is just looking for other people that want the same thing. And, uh, you know, because we've got a really great organization and clear structure on what needs to be done. You know, it's very easy to plug an electrician or a plumber or an architect or an engineer into what we're doing and give them something to do that would be helpful. And in the same time, we promote them as the people doing the work and support their career and, you know, world change. And so this is the win-win relationships that we're building constantly.
0: Have you got some good case studies, some good uh, success stories so far?
1: Um, I guess it depends on how you define success stories. I mean, we have probably the largest sustainability website in the world right now. I would imagine if you look some of the work that we've done as far as like large scale soil amendment and on earth bag, like calculations for um, like heating and cooling for earth bag structures and that kind of stuff is amazing. And as far as like building plans and things like that um, it's pretty awesome. And so we measure our success right now where we are, because we're still seeking large scale funding to be able to build the first village which requires purchasing a property that is pretty expensive because we want to be able to build seven villages on it. Um, so we measure our success right now based on how many people are using our open source content. And thus far, you know, we've had things that have just gone viral on Facebook with thousands of sh- tens of thousands of shares and, and um, lots of emails and stuff that we have from people all over the world that are using our blueprints and different aspects of what we've created
0: And that's some important learning right there because your website looks different from a lot of, I see a lot of designer websites, architect firms and and building companies. Yeah. And some of them, they're atrocious. Architects, uh, some of the architects' websites are just the worst websites. Yours, the thing that jumps out at me most is social media. Yeah. It's very shareable. And yeah. it's all about uh, getting the message out there, which I guess is the, the philosophy of your organization. But I think it, the important thing there that, that um, I'm passionate about right now is helping the design community kind of use the internet a bit smarter because yeah. some of them have, have got not really any more than just a, a glorified brochure on their, on their webpage.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's really necessary, and that's a big part of what our organization is about, too. So we're building the open source blueprints, and then we want to promote the other folks that are that want to use these in their own projects that are using the same blueprints. And so anybody that's, you know, has specialized knowledge in the sustainability industry right now. And would like to contribute that knowledge to open source creation and sharing that knowledge with the world, we can give them a public platform to do that and promote them as the person that's doing that. So we're helping to build a web presence because we're really experts at that for, um, you know, people that are interested in changing the world and spreading sustainability with us.
0: Yeah, Coming, staying with designers for a moment. A lot of them get they don't want to share their stuff because they see that as their IP. They've worked hard. They, in some cases, ten, fifteen years to to become an architect. Yeah. Um. And they think, well, why would I want to give away all my IP, and and my that's my um my income. Why 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 would someone want to do that? Or what's the What's the advantage of someone jumping in and giving stuff, some of their their plans away?
1: It's a huge advantage. I mean, the question I've, because I, I run into that question fairly frequently, and the question I always ask in response to that is, is, what's more enjoyable for you? You know, do you like doing the nuts and bolts basics of designing, you know, the foundation and all the boring aspects of a building? Or are you more. The, the
0: engineering part.
1: Yeah. Are you interested in like the the behind the scenes engineering? Are you interested in really the creative engineering and the aspects of it that are really like pushing your boundaries and, you know, the things that you really get paid for? You know, not the stuff that you pass off to an understudy, but the aspects of it that you really enjoy that are creative and innovative and, you know, something that's really new and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had anybody yet that said, no, no, I really like just doing the boring, mundane, like day to day stuff. And so with that in mind the goal is to provide that that boring mundane stuff as a foundation and recognize that people that have a certain dollar number that they're ready to spend on on creating something amazing that they're going to live in for them and their families they're still going to spend that money you know yeah. and so it's an opportunity for the people that do that design work to allow those people to spend that money on the parts that the designers like doing more that the people are really more interested in as well and in so doing, you know, we can really leapfrog the entire industry to a new level of creativity and artistic beauty and sustainability because p- those funds will be applied to those aspects of the project instead of the nuts and bolts stuff that, you know, every home has to have but could really be streamlined Pretty easily, uh, if people were willing to to open source and free share that stuff, which is what we're up to.
0: What's the workflow for that idea? Because usually you start with the the fun creative stuff, uh, the the freehand drawings and the concept plans, and then yep. from that develops the the detail plan, which then um, translates to the the engineering details and the boring bits that that need to be calculated to. Um, bring that vision to life so yep. uh, how do you um predefine some of those those calculations and the the, the boring bits um without the uh, without the concept done for a specific site because that that's always site specific that
1: that concept. exactly yeah yeah so you come at it from the idea that you want something that's maximally adaptable And so it's exactly what we've done. We've said, okay, well, what is the ideal site for this design? And then with that, you know, what are the criteria that you would be looking for? So if somebody's looking to buy a piece of property, they can take the designs that we're doing. Okay. This is what I'm looking for. And then enter into that with an understanding that if they don't find what they're looking for, then this is the expectation of what's going to have to be changed. And by providing that foundation and a clear pathway to adaptation, then people can understand what they're getting into. And this, fits really beautifully in with sustainability as well, because instead of people going, well, this is my piece of property and I'm going to bulldoze that. And I'm going to change this. Instead they can say, well, this is the house that I want to build. Let's find a piece of property. That's going to require as little adaptation as possible. If that's what I'm interested in. And then I can, like, I can come at it with an idea of what I'm going to put there first you know, work more with the land as opposed to forcing the land to work with my house and then come at it more like a, with a, you know, a collaborative approach to me building my house with the existing property that's there. And then what are those adaptations? And for our project, we're open sourcing those adaptations too, so that people understand what that looks like.
0: So you're going to end up with a sort of database of, Mm -hmm. of designs.
1: Exactly. And so every person that designs in a different environment, if they want the publicity, then we have a list of criteria like, Okay, we'll provide the same level of quality and detail back to us and we will promote your project so it's free advertising, free marketing and you know, we can get you on page one of Google within a day, you know, if we're working together and that's something that has a quite a lot of value to it also. you're providing value to the world. And if you're somebody that's doing some, something like a bed and breakfast or an ecotourism destination, then that marketing value is priceless. You yeah. Know? So we're enrolling people in the same process of sharing, share what it is that you're doing. There's people solving these sustainability problems all over the world right now. The solutions exist. They're just solving them for themselves. And so for people that are just entering into sustainable home building now, it's very difficult to find some of these answers even though they exist and in mm-hmm. some sense are are widely adopted, and so we want to fix that problem and help people to share their experience and give people easy. And fun access, like you said, with our website, it's very readable. It's designed for the common person. It's not designed for engineers and architects. Mm. You know, It's designed for people with average means and average knowledge to be able to duplicate what it is that we're doing. And then as we start building the whole villages, we'll be adding a lot more multimedia and do-it-yourself tutorial videos. And all that stuff is already being outlined so people have an idea of exactly where we're going taking it to the next level.
0: Now, you mentioned the International Building Code, and uh, a few listeners might be thinking, well, uh, a plan that's drawn up in some jurisdiction is going to be worthless to me because I've got a different building code if I'm in yep. a different state or if, even if I'm in a different country. Yep. what What is the International Building Code?
1: Well, so you know, the International Building Code is the most broadly accepted building code but in a lot of counties, like in the United States, lots of counties have just adopt- adopted the international building code because it's generally accepted. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other places that don't really have a building code. You know, if you want to build in Africa or something, and depending on where you're at, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. But there's other places that are much more strict. So another aspect of the open source process that we're doing, and we're not focusing on it a whole lot right now, but all the website infrastructure is in place is teaching people how to work with their local counties. will work with their local jurisdictions. And we're in the process of recruiting lawyers from as many countries as we can and building a template so that if somebody wanted to build a sustainable village, in nigeria they would know what the process would be that they need to walk through in that country and then once that template is established then we can contact any country can say hey i'm a lawyer in you know italy i would like to help out great follow this template let's create the same thing for italy and eventually you know we'll bring on every country in the world i mean it's a massive goal but somebody's got to do it and so that's be you that's us too yeah
0: (laughs) Brilliant. And I, I think that's that's such a it's a good goal because that is a it's just a framework that's being created and it's just being created differently in each place and exactly. that's just frustrating and annoying because as humans we're all pretty similar we we have the sim, very similar thresholds for heat and temperature and and water and yeah. our climate yeah, we have this situation in New Zealand all the time where we think we're special. And we think we have this unique climate and this unique set of um, social conditions and unique set of economic conditions. But the reality is that the, the same issues that we're facing with the building industry today have been faced and addressed by uh, Canada and Europe and, and other places around the world. And there are climates that are very, very similar across the world as well. So we, yep. we have some preference, some cultural preferences, but, There are more similarities than I think there are differences in most cultures and in most building sectors across the planet. So it makes sense for for sharing across borders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for the first time in the history of humanity, we have the ability to do this as effectively as we can right now. I mean, I I couldn't have built a global team 10 years ago because Facebook didn't exist. Yeah. You know, like it's just my ability to reach those people was not what it is today, but the way that it is today, it's easy for me to talk to somebody. I mean, talk to somebody on pretty much every continent weekly now. Thanks to Skype for free. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um,
0: I have uh, just on that point, I've had a discussion with an architect in the UK about vernacular uh, construction and it it was something that he learned actually from going to, to um, Africa I'm assuming that the the type of village concept that you're you're describing is going to be transferable and will allow for variation in different climates and in different um well in different cultures as well is you're yep. not you're not you're not looking for a one size fits all house design
1: exactly and our easiest solution to that is open source. So wow. you know, what we're doing is we're starting with the idea of, okay, let's make this as adaptable and as applicable as possible in as many environments as we can. And the first village is the Earthbag village because it's the most affordable because we think affordability is a really high priority for people. Mm-hmm. And it's designed so that people could build just a single dome, which wouldn't need a permit in most counties. You wouldn't even need a permit if you're just building one and we've got two different sizes. So we can expand that even farther, but they're built in a three dome cluster so that if somebody wanted to put a roof on, that and we're designing that as well now you have a little three dome home three dome home but you're going to need to get a permit for that so that said then the next village model is a straw Bill village which is modifiable and like it's it's uh adaptable and expandable sustainability and so our whole idea is to put out the open source plans and say okay this is here's one way that you can do it but by open source and free sharing it we're really inviting the world to take that and adapt it In as many ways as possible. And more specifically, we're inviting the world to share those adaptations so the global archive will grow. You know, it becomes a Wikipedia of sustainability, but the information includes like do it yourself instructions and videos and how to put it all together. And then also a global collaboration on exactly how many labor hours it took to build the first time versus the second time versus the third time so we can refine the process as much as possible and share that objective data as well to enroll more and more and get more and more people interested in what is possible.
0: Where do you see the first village? Where do you want the first village to be created?
1: Uh, I can't share the exact location because we don't own it yet, but I can (laughs) say that we've chosen a location that's close to uh, an international airport. It's designed where there's already millions of people traveling to that location because of the natural beauty in the area. So there's already a a draw for people that are into nature and probably into sustainability to come to that area and to want to be able to stay on the property, stay in a sustainable home, and then want to duplicate something like this. And so um, those are the major... The ma- some of the major criteria that were used for choosing the property was large enough for expansion to ultimately house 2,000 people sustainably and, uh, to build all seven village models and beyond that and global accessibility. Easy. And, and this, and it would be in the U.S.? Yes.
0: What is, what is an earth bag?
1: Oh, earth bag construction. So yeah, yeah like gunny sacks that are filled with stabilized earth you can do either a clay and um earth mixture or you can do a 10 to 15 percent cement like portland cement mixture with earth and you fill these bags up with that and once it stabilizes it's like concrete i mean you can drive a truck into these things yeah round structures so they're you know they're typhoon and hurricane resistant they're um, they're, uh, seismically resistant because the way that they're built, the, the unit moves as a, as a whole, I mean, they'll, they'll last for 500 years. They're amazing. And in, in like arid climates, they're great. You know, you can build them in the ground as well. And so, um, you can, they really keep cool and, uh, in the summertime, they're not ideal in winter environments, but they can be cause you can insulate them as well. And so that's another piece that we're contributing and have done a lot of research on. So, um, they kind
0: it, of remind me of, uh, the, the house that Luke Skywalker grew up in.
1: Totally. We've gotten a lot of comments about that. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks like Tatooine, you know? So, which is kind of cool. You know, we believe that sustainability should not be a return to the stone ages. And so, you know, it's that process of bridging that gap between like, yeah, you're building with dirt, but it's really cool and artistic and you've got a killer computer, you know, in your living room. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's all self-powered. Powered. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so you do see these as something that a a modern, successful uh, homeowner would would happily live in.
1: Absolutely, right. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're way more artistic and durable and affordable than traditional uh, construction. And the downside in these kinds of constructions is they're very labor intensive. You know, but when you look at the cost of building something like this, and as as these structures become more popular, and more prominent in mainstream construction, you know, having teams that you could hire to come out and build this stuff will make them more affordable than traditional housing. And like I said, if you're if you're living in like earthquake or hurricane prone environments, I mean a structure like this is it's really desirable. Right. So but it's also the nicest thing about it is it's something that you can build yourself. I mean you could have a work party with twenty or thirty of your friends and get together and just build it over a period of time. If you're building, you know, and even in an urban environment, so you could do something like that, you know. Yep. And so that's what we want to do is empower people to have that ability to build their own homes and homes that will last longer than their neighbors and look cooler.
0: So you see the earth bag as a a likely starting point, but you also want to see other design methodologies and other materials being used in in a village?
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the broader... So we're tackling seven different village models to begin with, which are all the primary sustainable housing methods that are out there. And that includes... Earth bag construction, straw bale construction, cob construction, shipping container construction, uh, earth block, compressed earth block construction, earth ships. And then we've got, you know, way off in the distance, we have an idea for a a treehouse village that's more for fun. But we know that we'll be able to do it sustainably after we're done with all the rest of these.
0: Nice. So not a lot of uh, traditional concrete, steel and timber in that list.
1: Yeah, because we, and there's your sustainability component, you know, I mean, we really want to build something that's on resources that are, that are broadly available, you know, and it's something like an earthship is entirely, I mean, almost entirely recycled materials and everything else that we're doing can be done with recycled materials too. And that's another component of is you know, showing people, Hey, if you want to buy all this stuff, this is how much it costs. But now if you decide to do it with recycled windows, and if you want to do it with some of this other recycled stuff, you can bring your cost down by 20, 30%, you know, teaching people.
0: Yeah. What sort of house <laughs> are you living in at the moment?
1: I live in a condo by the beach. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So, what's the next step, uh, Jay? What? What? What's the next step for you? And what can people do if they want to want to get involved?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, the next step for us is we continue to design open source blueprints, tools, tutorials, and resources, and it covers everything from food to housing. To energy infrastructure, but we've also got um, a complete open source and free shared education program. There's a recreation model. You know, our project is really about building complete sustainable civilizations and recognizing that, you know, there is a right way to do these things. If we, if we just say, okay, well, let's start from scratch and look at what's already working everywhere. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's take the wheels that are already working and being very effectively, uh, employed elsewhere and let's put them all together in a complete model. And so, um, this is what our team is about and anybody can get involved. They can contact us through our website, onecommunityglobal.org. Uh, they can also, you know, just sharing our information is hugely helpful because that's what we're all about is getting the information into the hands of the people that can use it. And, um, and we're always looking for partners and people that want to build the same kind of stuff and become a part of the team. And we've got a great promotional engine to, uh, to create win-win relationships and support people that are either coming out of college or they have businesses in associated fields or, uh, they just have a, a you know, really want to share their experience.
0: Nice. So your site is one community global yeah.
1: Dot org. Yep.
0: And you're, you're also pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google plus, you name it.
1: Tumblr. Yeah. Two. <laughs> <laughs> And you can Google, I mean, if you want to find us, anybody can Google one community and anything associated with sustainability and we'll be on page one.
0: Yeah. Cause you're, you're doing more than just housing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Food, energy, education. We have a huge open source and free shared education model for all ages, all learning levels uh, that teaches all subjects within the context of central theme. And it, it's built off of the most, uh, all the, the, the new paradigm education models that are out there. We've studied Montessori, Waldorf, Reggio, or, if, I mean, I could go on and on about the education aspect. There's a recreation model. There's also a high school economics model, you know, to teach people. We've open-sourced how we established our nonprofit. So if somebody's like, man, I want to run a nonprofit and, and an ecotourism resort, I like that idea. Great. We've, we've already open-sourced exactly how we did set ours up, and we're going through the process of, of having our volunteer accountant team also create the complete ecotourism model and show people how to do that as well. So, for people who really want to live off grid and would like their lifestyle to be what sustains them uh that's a big part of our model too how
0: is How is the one community um where's what's your revenue stream right now?
1: We are an all volunteer organization A hundred percent of donations that come into our organization go towards expanding our website and and just the operation costs. Right. So with nobody in our organization, partners, consultants, nobody's paid, um, cost me money to run one community. Um, uh, and so our overhead as a global organization is, is, it's less than a thousand dollars a year. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, but then eventually you're going to, you're going to move to a model where you have some other revenues from the, the, the ecotourism and the sustainable village. Yeah. Uh, so- and, and some other revenue streams.
1: Yeah, yeah, so ecotourism being the primary revenue stream because it's a win-win, you yeah. know, people come and stay and for the same sustainable eco-village where your food is homegrown, your meals are prepared as part of your stay, you know, like the Club Med for sustainability people. Yeah. Um, you know, that is more cost effective than going and staying, you know, at your traditional hotel because the energy infrastructure, the housing infrastructure and the food infrastructure and the education model and the recreation model, they're all run run, and operated by volunteers who get the benefits of living that lifestyle and the benefits of sharing that with the world and making a difference. nice. Nice.
0: Awesome. Hey, well, um, thank you very much for your time, Joe. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's, it sounds like a very exciting beginning of a journey. Yeah. So I would encourage people to head on over to onecommunityglobal.org and uh, get in touch, um, follow you on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, wherever they feel okay. like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and have, a, have a look and have a read, but also be part of the, the conversation, be part of the movement.
1: Please.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, keep in touch, uh, Jay. I look forward to watching progress.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure, Matthew. Awesome. Thanks.
0: Well, one of the things I learned about from speaking with Jay was earth bag building. And coincidentally, this came up a, a couple of times in just uh, one week when I interviewed uh, a couple of other designers and architects from around around the world as well. So I'll put some links up to that in the show notes, plus Jay's new or updated website, which at the time of recording is still being updated, but there's some great content. it's a huge site, and there's loads of information on there. And um, as Jay's uh, philosophy, a lot of it is open source as well. So you can definitely spend a good chunk of time checking all his resources out, over at onecommunityglobal.org. That's one-o-n-e, communityglobal.org. Head on over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 118 for episode 118, and I'll put up links uh, so that you can find Jay. And he's all over social media, so I'm sure you'll be able to find him. If you enjoyed the show, then uh, do reach out. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me, Matthew, at homestylegreen.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. And it would be great to get a rating or review of the show in iTunes so that more people can hear about what we are doing. That's it for this week. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.